You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Happy Tuesday. It is the Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I'm your host, Dio Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Got Dave Early on the pod today and he and we're discussing two of his pieces. One went up last week, one went up today. And we're talking about the Sixers road trip and the possibility of maybe a panic button trade happening because trade deadlines coming. And depending on how this road swing goes, you know, there, there could be some talk like like some Kyle Lowry, some some Zach Levine, some some other nonsense that I'm very lukewarm on. But let's just get Dave on the line and we'll just start talking about this. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing well, as well as can be anybody in this pandemic. Plus, you know, at the time of this recording, it's like President's Day. So I'm already with the snowfall and everything I got, everything else, the, the, the trash is just piling up and I just don't like it. It's not cool. That happened to me too. City Life, they said, like, don't take trash out for like five days. And I had this like massive pile up by the door. I couldn't even open it. Yeah, no, no, sorry. That's that's no. Uh, uh-uh. And I got to a point during like when we were in the thick of it where it was really starting to pile up and i was thinking to myself you know what i gotta get rid of this but i'm not trying to carry like three trash bags of garbage on septa so i can go down to the <laughs> to the dumpster or whatever so trash I on septa is a no-go man <laughs> it is a no-go it is a no-go so i literally I'm thinking of my friend's grandma she used to take it from like rittenhouse square up to the trader joe's near West no Philly. no be like no not her trash but she'd oh. come back and she'd be like, it's, it's horrible on the bus. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally rented a zip car for like an hour and a half. And I was just like, OK, I'm taking three bags and just I'm getting rid of this. This is <laughs> I had enough of this. Uh, speaking of things that we've had enough of. Um, yeah, this this road trip is murder. I uh, I can't I can't deal with it anymore. Like the game, the, the Portland game, the Phoenix game. Let's just get into it. Um, were there any positives from the Portland or Phoenix games? We haven't seen them play Utah yet. That game is tonight at the time of this recording. So we won't know what happens, but Portland and Phoenix, like they Sixers have not looked great. Well, there are, there are positives. Um, Ben Simmons found an offensive groove in both of those games. He came out with like five right-handed soft touch shots from the post or runners floaters or jump hooks or whatever you want to call them. Um, And he had that working for him in Portland. And then he came out in Phoenix and he was really attacking. Um, He was kind of in his bag. He had some of the same like high posts that they give it to Joe along the left, I guess, wing area. And he would uh, get to the hoop, get fouled. Um, it trailed off. Like he had like 19 points to half and only finished with 23 or something like that. I forget. Someone tweeted, 
once he missed two free throws in a row, he stopped attacking. I don't know if that was the case, but they did start riding Joe in the second half against the Suns a lot more. But I think the biggest positive for me was that Ben was looking for his offense. And we've seen this from Ben before where he'll just trail off after a hot start. And there is definitely something to be said. It wouldn't surprise me if that was something that happened to him mentally. Like he missed two free throws and he's just like, oh, damn it. Okay. All right. It's just not, it's just not my night anymore. Like I thought it was fine, but now just, uh, it's just sucked all the life out of me. Like that's, that's a little, that's a little, that's a little ridiculous. And it's not fair to put, put, to say that's what it was. It was just one random Twitter person's guess. He probably had an egg avatar. I don't know. Right. No, no. Yeah. It was probably some, it was probably some guy in Toronto that just uses the <laughs> egg emoji. You know what I mean? The, the, I, I don't know. Serious, I don't know why Raptors fans are so salty. Like you beat us in a seven game series and you want a ring. Like leave us alone for Christ's sake. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, I want to bleed into the piece that you wrote this morning. And this definitely came out in the Phoenix game. Uh, part of it is the unreliable perimeter defense. And I want to bring this sentence into the forefront because it's really something we got to think about. Quote, where we stand today, this team is going to ask like ask guys like Danny Green, Seth Curry, Furkan Korkmaz, Thibel, Shake Milton, or Tyrese Maxey to guard the likes of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, or even Paul George in a huge playoff game. Thank you for scaring the absolute crap out of me right now. <laughs> I'm thank you for that again. Uh, what has what has to be what has to be done in order to make people feel better about some of the rest of the backcourt defense, especially, you know, if some of the second unit is going to be seeing a lot. Like I thought, I thought Maxi was supposed to be pretty decent on defense. He is. And I think he's going to be, um, but you know, like you hear announcers joke about it. Like you're not getting that call rookie. <laughs> And uh, and you saw like Furkan plays some good D sometimes. He'll he'll step in and draw a charge. I put in that piece a one clip where he comes out and he cuts off successfully Lillard in my opinion, and they just whistled him for a, a cheap foul. And it's like he's just on that list in the officials' minds of it's going to be a foul if there's any contact. I'm happy to call it on Furkan because he's probably not a good defender. Right. They're they're happier to call that on, you know, guys like Korkmaz or Shake Milton or Maxi, just because, you know, they don't have the. It's silly to say, it, but they don't have that kind of respect. They don't have the clout. And that's a real thing. And, and that thing gets in my anecdotal eye test view. It becomes more exemplified by the playoffs. A and, guy like Ben gets away with a little more and a guy like Ferk will get away with a little less. And Danny Green, yeah, we know he's a little on the older side, and he does do like the old man at the YMCA type defensive moves, but they don't work all the time against, you know, Kyrie and Harden. Oh, yeah, he got one where he lets you pass and then he pokes it away and then gets the throw out dunk. Yeah, you can't you can't but rely yeah. on that all the time. So no. I don't I don't know if like a trade has to be made or like Thibel has to get in there and really start to get back to where he was last year defensively because Thibel last year was a defensive monster and I don't know what the hell happened he had the injury in training camp so maybe that had something to do with it could be he 
his defense hasn't been good enough to justify what he brings offensively, which is very little net liability. Uh, you know, you saw it when they, they tried to get Ben Simmons a rest by not putting him on Lillard or Booker yeah. the entire game. And they try a guy like Matisse and he's just fouling them on three point shots twice in a row. Yeah. He's getting blown by anytime there's a high screen. Cause he's so he's up in his chest uh, and he's a little higher than you might like. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't have the solution. I'm just seeing this problem for now. And, and let's, let's settle everybody down who said that, you know, people that were tweeting, Oh, Simmons said he's the best defender in the NBA. And yet he got cooked by Devin Booker for 36. Like, no, uh, Devin Booker did not just cook Ben Simmons. Devin Booker cooked the entire Sixers backcourt. Everybody, everybody got, everybody got a little singed by Devin Booker that night. So all y'all need to calm the hell down. And I mean, there was nothing anyone could have done. Like his release is so high. It's so beautiful. If he's hitting that step back and Ben was draped on him and he hit, he just drilled him a few times. So yeah, sometimes, sometimes good offense excels over good defense. Sometimes I mean, usually. it happens. Usually it happens. Yeah. Um, Another part of defense where we're going to get into and blending your two pieces together. I have noticed that Joel is a little too aggressive defending the pick and roll. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you, do you like that from him compared to last season where it was just all drop coverage? It was all drop coverage. I actually don't like, love it. Uh, I would prefer more drop coverage. Um, I know people got really frustrated watching Kemba and Tatum hit pull-up after pull-up, but I don't mind some of those because the alternative is sometimes a wide-open dunk, as we saw with DeAndre Ayton a few times. Yeah. Uh, or he comes all the way out, and it, first of all, it's a huge ask on him physically. He's like 280 pounds. And you want him chasing Devin Booker 35 feet from the hoop? Booker smoked him. And, times. and yeah, Joel is quick, but he's not like guard Devin Booker quick. Like we need to be real about his capabilities here. He he has some plays, you know, if, if you pull up his highlight reel where he'll switch out onto Kyrie and he'll recover and block him. He had one yesterday on CP3 who came in the lane. He cut that off. CP3 steps back for pull up and he contests that also. So he's really quick. I just don't want him doing it all game. I don't want him doing it all season so i would prefer a little bit more of the uh sort of fake maybe stunt the pick and roll hedge and recover like he was doing with uh ennis Cantor. but Cantor doesn't make you pay in the same way that ayton did right because ayton has more of an offensive skill set than ennis Cantor. like yep ennis Cantor isn't gonna you know pop away from like 17 feet and hit jumpers like ennis Cantor isn't gonna blow by and you know make somebody pay for overreaching on a pick and roll so much because he's not that quick Aiton is quick he's he's half decent you know big man who can stretch the floor a little bit so in some ways he reminds me a lot of like Miles Turner like when he was (laughs) when he's first coming into the league Mm -hmm. so it's you have to really pick and choose and be able to like scout and get in there with the film just be like all right what can this big man do to hurt us if 
Joel is over aggressive on the pick and roll. You watch it in the context of the game. And I think my, if my memory serves me correct, uh, it was like, so Ben got screened and Booker drilled a three. And then the next time Joel might've been frustrated, they were starting to lose by double digits at that point. So he came all the way out. And I think, and that happens overcompensated. Like he tries to do some on the fly uh, adjustments because of what happened on the previous play. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I appreciate the, the basketball IQ, but you know, sometimes just, stick to the game plan and just you know he's not going to drill those every damn time and if he does you know like you, you almost have to tip your cap and you kind of want him to trust ben right now, if it, if this was shake this was Ferk, you would you might like a little more help from joe but um it's ben simmons you gotta trust ben in that spot <laughs> and, and maybe just hedge and recover that's it just give him give ben like one second to get around that screen and recover and then get back, get your butt back to Aiden. So the Sixers have lost to Portland and Phoenix. Uh, what's your, on a scale of one to 10, what's your, what's your panic setting at right now? Uh, see, I'm not overreacting to these two games. I'm not saying like this means their season is bad. Oh yeah, they, of course not. They're the one seed in the East. And I didn't expect them to win any of these three games, really. I think I predicted they would lose all three of them in, in a piece. Right. So I'm not, I'm certainly not going to overreact, but I do think it's a good barometer, a good learning uh, thing for them to see what they are lacking. What they are lacking is, in my opinion, a, a primary or secondary creator in the half court. Because if you watch that Suns game, I can't even count how many entry passes into the post that they threw and it was tough. And you could see an official not loving that in a, in a playoff game. (laughs) Thinking like this, this is hard to watch. They're (laughs) lobbing from top of the key to the block and then playing Tobias Harris bully ball on Chris Paul. And it was hard to watch as a Sixers fan. I can't even imagine as a neutral NBA fan. <laughs> David Stern is going to call on the bat phone and just get on the official and just like, listen, we got to change the aesthetics of this game right here. Like this Stern is not the grave. This is not good. I'm not. Uh, why did I say David Stern? Adam Silver. I'm sorry. What the <laughs> hell? It's okay. It's Monday, and I've only had one cup of coffee. Like, bear with me, people. I think it's an honor to still think of him as the commissioner. <laughs> Well, I mean, when when you think about Donald Sterling, not so much. Um, True, okay. Yeah, I'm not doom and gloom at all either. Like, they're still 18 and nine. They mm-hmm. still have two games on the Milwaukee Bucks, two and a half on Brooklyn. And those teams don't really know who the hell they are either. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good if I'm a Sixers fan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Miami isn't coming around like people thought they would. Somehow, somehow the Knicks are the seven seed. Like I'm not worried about the Eastern Conference that much right now. Uh, yeah, Miami's five and five in their last ten. One thing that I'm not encouraged about, and it, same thing as last year, the the home away splits are are nuts. Even with no fans in the stands, seven and seven on the road. I, it's okay. I'm I'm all right with it. There, uh, th- this is interesting. Did you know that the Sixers right now are the only team in the Eastern Conference with a 500 record? I'm looking at that. You mean away? 
away record on the road. They're the only team in the Eastern Conference with at least a 500 record. Everybody the Pacers are seven and five on the road. I'm sorry, which is weird because they're seven and eight at home. That made this this season makes no sense. I think the Spurs have a wacky thing like that too. Yeah, this. All right, look at the Spurs: seven and eight at home, nine and three on the road. This makes no sense. They should this, not play in Texas anymore. This whole season makes no sense. Um, yeah, home the, court is is weird, but it's still here for the Sixers. Maybe it's because uh, WFC is like fifteen degrees and it's still cold. <laughs> uh, the Jazz game, uh, Utah, way better than I even thought they would be. Yeah, they, I mean they were real. They were real good in the bubble, and they didn't have um, Bogdanovich, right? No, they did not. So they add him, and they're just really clicking. Gobert's playing the best ball of his career. They lost Mike Conley to a hamstring injury, and Point Mitchell is is pretty lethal lately. Point Mitchell is pretty damn good. Like, I don't know if they continue with that, but, like, I mean, if you can spell Mike Conley with Donovan Mitchell and just kind of, like, have him running the second unit with whoever else on the floor, that's a serious advantage. Come. Yeah, also Conley wasn't even good last year, and now he's playing really good. Conley so, wasn't even back. great last year, exactly. Yeah. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, but for, for this game, I... You know what? I, I kind of feel like there's a Sixers win coming just because I feel I feel they're seriously annoyed with the fact that they've lost two straight like this. Oh, I, I'll bet you on that. I think they're, they might even throw it. I'm not sure Joel's going to play. He's questionable with back tightness. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they just said, eh, we're going to be 21 and 10 once we get home for the next two games. That's good <laughs> enough. And, the, and I was, that leads me right into this. No matter what happens tonight – the, the Sixers have the Rockets and the Bulls the next two games. So I'm just like, all right, we'll, we'll be back in the saddle in like a couple of days anyway. Yeah. But, you know, to, to fans' point, um, their schedule has been light. They haven't really been tested. The tough Eastern Conference teams were depleted with like health and safety protocol or injury. Uh, so now when you're playing the Suns, you're you're getting a chance to see how this could potentially look in a playoff against a Miami or a Boston or a Milwaukee. Does that does that Lakers game seem even more important now? 
because like they 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 really they really did well on that test yeah yeah i think that you know if you're coming to philly it's not going to be easy no matter who you are exactly and i i feel like getting that win against the lakers in the way that they did just kind of serves as like a real confidence booster like i don't know if they like if they beat the jazz without Joel Embiid if he doesn't play like that's that is a ridiculous shot in the arm for the next you know week and a half two weeks (laughs) yeah like I would I would take that for sure oh yeah um trade deadline is coming sooner it's happening it's coming um in what scenario would it take where the dreaded quote-unquote panic trade happens like how how dire would it have to be? I, I mean, I just don't see Daryl Morey making what we would call panic trade. I think if he did it, it would be like highly calculated with thousand angles accounted for. So I, I trust him. I give him the benefit of the doubt that if he did it, uh, it's probably a smart move. I, I didn't feel that way when he traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, maybe that's what. Uh, Hinky called a zoobzwang or whatever that chest thing was. Like you're in a spot where you can't run it back because they don't like each other now and don't want to play together. So you have to do something. And, you know, I, I like the Tobias trade and I like the Jimmy Butler trade at the time, but the Jimmy Butler more than Tobias Harris really kind of felt like a panic trade in the sense that like, yeah, Jimmy was available, but eh. Like, let's let's see what we have with these three and just see where it goes there. Like, you mean I mean, Cove, Ben and Joe. I love listen, I love those guys. And I I like the idea of Jimmy Butler. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't I I've also I feel like they gave up too much for Jimmy Butler. Like there's that thought process behind my head. And like you said, it is better that we have somebody like Daryl who is playing 3d chess when everybody else is seemingly playing checkers now well i I will respectfully disagree i think i think the price they got on butler was one of the best values trade-wise of the last like five years in the nba okay i think they got a bona fide superstar for a bona fide role player (laughs) and i think daryl morey could be the best gm in basketball over the next three years and still not accrue the value that we had with ben butler and Embiid. I mean, not to mention and Redick and Tobias. True. And we, could, we could have flushed that bench out with Shake, Matisse, you know, and, and Furkan and signed uh, signed someone with an exception for five to nine million dollars, like a Seth Curry. So they could have had a stacked, stacked roster. And that would have put a huge dent in Miami sales. <laughs> Miami made the finals with this guy. Um let's let's talk a little bit about more about your piece from uh monday um you kind of hinted at this the 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 bully ball posting up like joel and b you did mention in your post there's a lot of let me post up no i want to no you post up that kind of <laughs> thing like uh, given sometimes the matchups that ben gets wouldn't it make a little bit more sense for listen i know joel wants to get his i know joel wants to get his but sometimes joel has to be like okay listen you got chris paul on you here's the ball go to work 
Like, I feel like he just needs to do that. Joel's jump shot right now is so impossibly good. It is really wet this year. It's it really is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I keep thinking that's a terrible shot and they're all going in. And so the glass half empty Dave is like, this cannot last. Like the, over the next 30 games, he has to start missing some of these, right? You just, um, you just keep drinking. You keep drinking from that glass and just like, oh, still got, still got a couple of, uh, still, still got about a quarter left in this glass. Yeah, and he, and he keeps proving me wrong. He's just so <laughs> wet. Um, but yeah, I think the, the ceiling play is rather than Ben gets like 12 a game and Joel gets 30, it's more like a closer, they're each a little closer in number you know they kind of they kind of they kind of reach they, they kind of hover and meet in the middle kind of like I, I would I, I would think that that would be a much harder team to defend if Ben could be something of a half court threat uh and he's been that you know like sometimes he'll just go downhill and charge and get to the cup sometimes he'll post up sometimes he'll get it on a second chance bucket um but you'd love to see them do more of it. But the, the weird thing that was kind of scathing to my eyes was now that they're deliberately consciously trying to get Ben post touches. Yeah. Only post touches happening for like a 10 minute stretch. And you're like, man, this is a entry pass bonanza. And some of those entry passes are very hard to make and, and take a lot of shot clock to get. And you're seeing how like teams are really starting to see, okay, they're really trying to get Ben the ball when he's already running downhill. So let's do something to like stop that. And to those teams credit and figuring it out, they've done well. So now we just have to see how doc and his staff adjust to that. As far as getting Ben touches where he can succeed, be it in the high post or in the pick and roll or in the low post, if he's got the, if he's got the mismatch. Yeah, it's a good point. We've seen the mismatch happen. We've seen the double happen. We've seen both Joe and Ben kick it out, which triggers the around the horn looking to get it to the far corner three. But then the defense is able to recover and we don't get the good luck. And like Furkan or Seth takes this really tough three-pointer. Kyle Lowry's name is one that gets thrown around a lot, especially lately. Um the rafters are thinking about trading for Andre Drummond for some odd reason that makes no sense to me. Must, they must be getting picks for that. They they have Dollar to be getting something. I I don't know. Like uh, tuna sandwich, uh, <laughs> bag of Uts potato chips. I don't know. Um, but before all before that happened, the the Drummond news, Kyle Lowry was kind of an interesting name for me because he could kind of be more of a half court initiator and he can kind of be the general that says, okay, got the mismatch here for Ben. Let me go in there and like work down there. Oh, Joel has great positioning. Okay. Let me just do, let me just go down in there. What does it say if the Sixers had that kind of like floor quarterback, so to speak, that can do a little bit, a lot more than Ben in terms of like shooting and passing and entry post passes and all like that. Yeah, I mean, it would be huge. It would completely alter their their outlook. Um, see, I think everyone's talking about they should shoot more threes. They should add shooting. But I don't <laughs> necessarily see that happening. Like, you could, you could experiment with this, and you could just put Isaiah Joe out there. But I don't think you're going to get suddenly 
exponentially more threes because I think the problem is you're not always gaining an advantage. Like, how is he going to get open if no one's breaking down the D in the half court except Joel? So <laughs> Kyle Lowry might lead to this synergistic effect where they're making much better passes. They have another way to score. You have a guy who can break down a defense just by blowing by his man and getting to the hoop or making a nice pass. And he is a floor general. The only question is, I guess, his age and price to acquire. You mentioned Isaiah Joe, and I'm pretty sure that I just got a notification on Twitter from Emily. And she's like, did somebody just mention Isaiah Joe? (laughs) (laughs) She, she stands pretty, she, she stands pretty hard for Isaiah Joe. And I'm, I'm here for it. I'm with it. (laughs) The, the shooting, like I thought it was really, I thought it was improved until I read this in your piece today from Derek's Twitter, Derek Bodner. Over the last 14 games, the Sixers are averaging 24.3 three-point attempts per game. No team has averaged that few over the course of a season since 2017-2018. Damn it, I thought we fixed this problem. <laughs> yeah, well, we we fixed it in like a roundabout way. Like we're not getting the three-point volume but the offense is better. There, there is more motion. There's definitely yeah, the spacing, more motion. The spacing is better. And the Sixers are the second most accurate mid-range shooting team. So, you know, it's, it's often a question of which sword do you fall on. You can't take away everything. And teams have not been able to successfully take away the Sixers sort of mid-range game. And it's kind of an old school play, but I guess they figure that's the roster we have. I'm suspect that this style can work in a final four, like if Milwaukee's buckling down, Uh, I I do kind of think you need at least a guy like Lowry. Um, I would prefer Levine, although his cost would be exorbitant if they even want to trade him. I'm, I'm very vocal about being in the anti, I'm being the, the general of the anti Zach Levine army. I'm, I'm very stout in my opinion that that is just, I not a fan of that. How come? Okay. The price is going to be a little bit high for my liking. Very high. I, let's, it's probably like three picks. Like three picks and possibly Maxi or Thibel. Just I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. Um, and green. It was the, the price. It was the same. Scott. Right. It was the same reason why I wasn't. A, I'm not a huge. If I'm going to pay that much for somebody it better be James Harden or it better be Bradley Beal. Like, I don't want plan. I don't want to have to give up that much for plan B because I don't, I don't, I don't have Levine as high on my list as Harden or Beal. Right. Like Zach Levine's not even the same freaking ballpark as those two guys. So I'm not overpaying for Zach Levine. I'm just not Harden for sure, but I don't think he's so far behind Beal. Okay. I'll, (laughs) <laughs> you'll allow it <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it i'll allow it i will i will sus- feels better feels I better will, for sure but he would be even sus- more expensive i will sustain your objection that's fine <laughs> fine objection sustained Hard, harden's not even in this conversation he's not in this conversation uh levine and beal okay i i guess i can see your point the the mid-range shots that you talked about with joel it's kind of working the same way with tobias and you pointed this out in your piece on monday uh, he's in the 95th percentile among forwards for mid-range attempts and is the 86th percentile in terms of accuracy on them. And 
just like Joel, you have to think, when is the well going to dry on this? And when is it going to happen? Is it going to happen at the worst possible time? <laughs> like game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. He just goes donut for seven or something. Yeah, that's a concern. <laughs> and you think of Daryl Morey and you think of the way he strategized in Houston and the well went dry. I mean, they had that infamous, you know, blank for 25 from three game or whatever it was. They're, they're still missing three-pointers. They're still yeah. missing three-pointers to this day. <laughs> you would point out that they got fouled on a few of those, so they shouldn't have counted. And then I agree <laughs> with him. But, uh, but, what, but what's interesting is what happened to his Rockets team's um, Harden drawing a million fouls is what Joel Embiid is successfully doing now. Right. And you know that so many fans don't like watching the rip through moves and, and the ramming into someone or hooking their arm under, and they let so much more go in big playoff spots. And that has worked against Harden. I, I think of the game where he's landing and they let the Warriors for like an entire game put their feet under his feet. Yeah. And he's he's falling and looking at the ref like, yeah, that's clearly a foul. Let <laughs> all go. And just sort of just sort of a message like we don't like the way you play. So I'm worried about that happening to uh, the Sixers this playoff. I feel like that has happened in one or two playoff series already. So I, I feel like Joel might be a little used to it now. Like, yeah, you, you kind of get a sense of like how officials are going to call you in regular season versus playoffs as you get experience in the playoffs with these referees. Yeah. So I would do what it takes to get that top seed because they're so good at home, but keep in mind that it might not be there for you. The same low hanging fruit by that point of the year. So you're going to need something else to, to work also to fill in those points that he's, he's shooting like 11 free throws a game. If I can get all the game sevens, I'll take it. And especially in the Eastern conference, cause yeah. you never know what the hell is going to happen with the bucks or if Brooklyn finally puts it together, like there's Durant Harden and Kyrie haven't all been on the floor a hell of a lot. And once they get more experience playing with each other, I I will say that team is going to be friggin' scary on offense. Do they, do they even need experience? <laughs> I, I mean, listen, sometimes you got to know, listen, sometimes you have to know where guys are going to be, what they like, where they like to be on the floor when they get the ball, this, that, the other thing. You know, they're also going to be like the, the buyout hub and you're, you're going to be disgusted to see like solid players going there. I'm already I'm I'm already waiting for you know JaVale McGee to be like all right I'm going to Brooklyn like oh yeah like what come on come on you're gonna really you you really think I'm gonna be afraid of JaVale McGee in the playoffs come on like like when like when Wes Matthews and Corver went to Milwaukee I was like oh come on Milwaukee and Marvin Marvin Williams like so people love star like championship chasing it and you, it hurts. You guys are spiking the ball out here, and I don't like it at all. Yeah. Like, we could have used Wes Matthews so badly last So badly. Year. <laughs> it just makes no sense. It's like, you already have Chris Middleton and, and Dante DiVincenzo. Like, you really need Wes Matthews. You really need Marvin Williams. Jesus, guys. Yeah, those hurt. Those hurt. I'm just saying, watch for, like, all the Zellers to go to Brooklyn. I'm calling it right now. And that will hurt. He, he can play. The broadcast was like, he may look like an accountant, but he can fly. <laughs> Wait, that was said? I think it was the Hornets broadcast. I was watching it on NBA TV the other day or uh, 
or a uh, league pass or something. That's genius. Cause they do kind of look like stockbrokers. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like some guy that did my taxes like six yes. years ago. If he were seven feet tall, if they were seven feet tall, <laughs> uh, Dave loved your pieces last week and yesterday. Thank uh, you. Keep, keep them coming. My, my guy. Um, yeah. Plug whatever you got coming or things that you're doing for the site in the coming weeks. Um, you can find me on Twitter at David Early, like early morning, D-A-V-I-D-E-A-R-L-Y. I'll be writing for Liberty Ballers. I don't know what I'm going to write yet, but I will be hosting a podcast called No Particular Hurry, also at Liberty Ballers, reference to Mark Zumoff's famous line whenever the Sixers <laughs> are killing some clock. I've, I've listened to Dave's podcast. I've been on Dave's podcast. He does a stellar job with his topics and, you know, just making people think about things in no particular hurry thank you <laughs> see 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 what i did there see how i melded okay i'm just gonna stop <laughs> dave early appreciate you taking the time coming on the podcast and i'll talk to you soon homie all right man i hope you uh i hope you bring on some trash on subs that don't even think about it no i'm not doing that i'm not doing that i i know way better than that i'm not trying to i'm not trying to look like a vagrant on the l no way i'm not doing that <laughs> just wear a good mask not doing that <laughs> talk to you All soon right, man. Dave. thank you